You're listening to Ambition Without Compromise, the podcast that is planting a flag for women of color who are ready to unapologetically center their unique vision, personal legacy, joy, and wholeness in the pursuit of the next level in their business and careers. I am your host, Monique Shields. I'm an executive coach, entrepreneur, mom, wife, and champion of badass moguls in the making. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome back for another episode. This one comes to me because I've had some really wonderful conversations today around the future of a couple of just badass (laughs) women and what they're building, right? The missions that they're building toward what they see for themselves. They have never built small. They have, have not played small probably ever. Even their version of what it might have felt like in the past where they may have, you know, sort of categorized themselves as playing small was never small, right? So they've been actually doing it. And as they think to the next phase of their professional experience and what they're going to create next and like knocking down walls and really just innovating and creating the future for all of us, they are also sitting with this question of like, oh, how can I access peace (laughs) in this next iteration of work in life, right? Like how can both exist at the same time? And in a way that I haven't experienced before, because with each new level of leadership that we ascend to, or that we expand into rather, new things are required of us, new perspectives, new ways of being, new habits are required of us to actually access peace. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about peace and what I think is getting in the way and how we were like, again, thinking about this in like a short-sighted or like maybe like a narrow scope maybe is a better way of naming this. So first and foremost, like peace, in my belief, (laughs) peace equals presence. Whenever I ask someone to kind of describe, you know, what they mean by peace, what will be evidence of peace, they talk about things like there's like a few categories. There's one that's like about feeling more grounded, right? And feeling more confident. There's something there about like a strength or like a sturdiness that feels like I feel at peace because I feel like, you know, rooted. I'm doing this like (laughs) gripping motion with my hands for those who are just listening in. The other category I hear often is about self-possession where it's just like, I can speak my truth. I know my words. I'm not mincing, you know, language. I'm out here like 10 toes down. I step into the room. I say what needs to be said. And I mean what I said, I say what I mean, right? So there's kind of like that kind of a presence, you know, to peace that I think people will use as evidence as well. And then there's another piece that is very much about being connected, feeling like you belong, feeling like you're embraced, like you're seen, you're known, and how that does give us peace. And what we draw from that then is like, well, what's standing in the way of like this confidence or this grounding or this self-possession or my, you know, my authority is like tools or strategies around like, I need to be better with my my time management or my, I need to build up my confidence. I need to like somehow, yeah, just kind of like get stronger <laughs> in some ways. And I just never really buy that, especially for, you know, women of color who have risen into spaces where nobody ever wanted you to be there. Like strength is not your problem, baby. Like it's never been your problem. If anything, you could do with learning how to be with yourself in a way that is not all about how strong you are. So I think, again, bringing peace back to the simplicity of presence and what keeps us from feeling present, right? When you think about 
Okay, I am stepping into these new rooms with new levels of, you know, authority, folks who are like, who are slanging the big bucks or, you know, standing on the big stages, like whatever it is that it's like my platform is expanding, my scope of impact is expanding into this new space. And I'm going to be, you know, making decisions that have greater impacts than they've ever made in the past. I'm going to have to set a course and a vision with greater potential fallout, right? And consequences than I have experienced in the past. Like everything is just kind of like bigger and the stakes are higher. What happens really is it's not that like you're lacking like the skill of like managing yourself better or like having confidence and and those sorts of things. It's really about the fact that we get thrust back into, it's almost like you become like a junior person in this way again. Like you never like completely like, I don't think, you know, regress, but... (laughs) But we start to begin to live in other people's heads in a way that maybe we had outgrown in the last experience of our leadership that we had. And now it's like all this newness, all this bigness. Again, the stakes are higher. And so it's easy to not, air quote, trust yourself. It's easy to not feel, air quote, grounded. It's easy to feel like you can't be your authentic self or you don't know what to say or you feel like disconnected or not seen or known or embraced, right? Like to feel like an outsider and to like want to defer and all that stuff. When you're busy living in the minds of other people, right? Because it's like now around these new fancy people (laughs) or, you know, having these new, bigger, fancy conversations. And I have a different level of concern around how I'm being perceived that I had begun to let go of in the previous version of my leadership in the previous chapter in my leadership journey. But now all of a sudden it's back. It's back and it's bigger than ever. (laughs) And I want to acknowledge why this can be particularly hard for us And you know what I'm talking about? Us, I'm talking about I center Black women, I center women of color, I center people of color, but especially Black women in the the work that I do in Black Femmes, is because there are these power dynamics, which I'm basically alluding to, that are very real. Like, we can't pretend like if you're a woman and you're now in this room full of, like, all these new men that, like, you're not concerned about whether or not they take you seriously, air quote, right? You're a person of color. You're in a room full of white folks now, like, or, you know, and folks that maybe you haven't had a chance to work with in the past or what, whatever that maybe made you feel comfortable in a previous iteration of your work. And now it's like, now I got to be the black girl in, in this new white room, right? There's, I maybe I don't come from money and I'm now, you know, in these rooms and circulating in spaces where there's like wealth abounds, right? <laughs> folks are dropping bags like it's nothing. People are discussing dollar amounts, you know, with like a casualness that I've never experienced before. And that's, you know, it feels intimidating because like, I don't come from that. Like maybe I have ascended into some degree into this sort of economic standing, but that's not my roots. All that gets stirred up. And then for those of us who don't come from a traditional, you know, educational path, a traditional, you know, specific kind of pedigree, right? Having a traditional air, I don't really even love that word traditional because I feel like it's like code for like, just like (laughs) not rich this white male, like, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of like one way of saying, like, you're just not a white guy (laughs) who went to these very specific schools and worked at these very specific companies or, you know, whatever has these very specific stamps. But you come from air quote, again, heavy air quote, non-traditional educational path or non-traditional career path. And maybe, you know, yeah, you're more like, it was more of the school of life for me or like I hustled and that's how I got here. I, I made things happen. It was, has been purely off the merit of the impacts that I've created, the things I've been able to produce. That's how I'm here. But it's not because I went to X, Y, and Z school or have X, Y, and Z logos or stamps in my background. And so all of these power dynamics are at play. And it's like the atmosphere that surrounds us. It's the air that we're breathing. And it's actually 
kind of toxic air, right? And that has us beginning to, you can almost think about it like as hallucination, right? You're breathing in this air that is full of these power dynamics that are forcing you back into other people's brains. And you trying your damnedest to figure out what does they think about you because they hold the purse strings or they hold the connections. How is it that they feel about you? What do they think you're capable of? Who do I need to be? How do I need to position myself or posture myself to like be accepted by these people or to at least be respected by these people or to be da 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 right? And your mind is very, very busy with this. How could you possibly find peace? And how is that possibly anything, you know, to do with just like some pure lack of self-esteem or confidence that's just like innate in you for some reason? Or that, you know, you don't have the leadership skills or some sort of skill gap or like, it runs way deeper than that. And I just want us to give ourselves a moment to acknowledge that if you're breathing in this kind of air, that this is the new atmosphere, right? You've like ascended to a new, you know, summit on the mountain. I don't, I've never done mountain climbing, y'all. So let me know if I'm <laughs> using the wrong like metaphors and analogies here. But it's like in the air that you're breathing is not right. And so it takes you, it literally takes you out of yourself. And I will also add in there, there's this other nuance around living in other people's minds, because there's that part in terms of like, these are the folks that I need to air quote impress, or I need to stand strong in front of or with or whatever, like make my mark, prove something, whatever those those feelings are that come up. There's also the hard part of being someone who also is trying to show up for those who are coming behind you, right? I'm also trying to make sure that I'm opening doors and that they don't get closed behind me, that I'm being able to like yank such and such into the room with me, right? that I'm able to pull up and open doors for the people that I care about. That is a part of the, maybe the mission of my work, the mission of, of why I even want to achieve in the first place is because I'm trying to create new opportunity. I'm trying to create a new reality for these folks. And so, you know, I do things like mentor. I do things like reach back. I do things like put folks up for different opportunities. And I want to be in a position to do that. And so I show up for them in ways that maybe overextend me. And it's hard to let go of that because you're also living in their heads too. A big part of what many of my clients and past clients have shared with me is that, you know, I know I'm overextending myself. I know I'm saying yes to too many like mentoring sorts of things or showing up and, you know, having the backs of folks who are coming behind me, folks who are more junior or less experienced. And I know I'm overextending myself in these ways. And it's like, I don't want them to think that I'm selling them out, basically, that I am like, (laughs) that I'm not really here and down for them. And it comes from a noble and like loving place. It comes from like such a pure place, but the way it actually, like the way it functionally plays out is that you are also living in their minds, trying to predict what, how they will feel about you and worrying more about how they think about you, what they perceive of your actions. And if you don't show up and try to catch each and everything that could be happening or not be happening for them, if you don't show up and like intercede on their behalf in every single way that you possibly can, then they're going to let them down. And that somehow lets down the whole mission. And I've talked about this in various ways in the past, but we also have to consider what it means for their plight if we fall because we're too busy, you know, expending all this energy and trying to stretch ourselves thin to show up for them And again, to live in their minds and to guess at what it is that they're going to think about us if we don't overextend ourselves and do all these things. So that's just another layer I wanted to like yank in, but that's not core to the conversation. But I just want to acknowledge that because that's also a big thing that 
plays against our peace. <laughs> and it can feel counterintuitive because it is so aligned with your mission to like, no, this is what I'm here to do. Like, I want my career. I want my business. I want my my work to mean something to other people who look like me, other people who come from backgrounds like I came from. And I want to be the kind of person who shows up for them. But I think expanding that definition around what showing up actually means, instead of it being such so short-sighted, taking a more long-term view is really important. But anyway, getting us back into this shift around peace and presence and what we're actually looking to do, it really is about relinquishing this grip that we have on a false sense of control and this desire and need to control it, particularly what other people think about us. And even the notion of like, I want people to respect me, like <laughs> it's a tricky thing to attach yourself to when we are talking about these like, you know, the racial and socioeconomic dynamics that exist when we're talking about who it is we may need, feel the need to impress or who it is we may feel the need to have respect us. We can't control whether or not people respect us. We can do things that are filled with integrity to our own values and to our own mission, right? We can do our best to collaborate and to reach across, you know, whatever aisles we need to reach across to work with folks, but that's all we can do. The focus has to be on what strategies do I need to employ if we're talking about tactics and things like that to get the work done? What things do I need to do to get what I need out of this relationship? How can I more and more skillfully begin to understand the ecosystem here, the political system here, you know, whatever these things are that are at play to just get what I need to happen done? Not how can I get this person to feel a way about me? We've got to let that go. We've got to let that go. Because folks will smile on your face all day and then yank the rug out from beneath you tomorrow or, you know, tonight. You know what I mean? Like, it's not about you controlling how these folks feel about you. And it, it really is about us shifting into doing everything in our power to stay in our own heads, to stay in our own bodies, to stay in our own being, to come back into, right? So if you're spending all day playing in these spaces, being on the Zoom calls, going to the, the events, the conferences, the dinners, the, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. And you may have to do a little bit of the dance, right? But you're breathing in this air. You have to recognize that you have to have just as strong of a practice and even probably stronger of a practice around how you begin to detox that air and breathe in clean air, right? Clean and affirming air that gets you back into who you are and that gets you back into what you're really here to do right? To get ourselves out of the practice of focusing on other people's minds, because we have, we have zero control there, y'all. We have zero control. So what do I mean by clean air? I mean two things. I'm not even going to hold you. I mean two things. For me, number one, clean air is people who already see you. People who already see you. And we tend to deprioritize this, especially when we get busy, when the pressure is on, when we feel this need really rise in us to get these people to, you know, whoever this person or these people may be, to be impressed by us, to respect us, right? One of the first thing that we will do is abandon community. We'll stop reaching out. We'll stop sending the audio, you know, chats and the voice messages and the, and the texts and the emails and the, you know, the random FaceTimes. Like, we'll start disappearing. And I get, I get this because I am guilty of this, okay? I don't, I don't speak from, to y'all from on high. That's not... <laughs> That's not what I'm here to do. But I will say that the people who see you help you see yourself clearly because that's what it is. We have to detox from this, again, this like environment, this 
atmosphere that has us breathing in, you know, so much concern for what other people are thinking. And the folks who see us, I mean, there are people in your personal life who see you, you know who those people are. And making sure that you're prioritizing time and attention and connection with those folks because they will keep you back in you, right? Well, put your coach in this bucket. If you don't have a coach, this is a big, this is like 90% of what I do (laughs) is simply to make sure that my clients feel unalone in what they're doing, like, because I get what it is that they're going through and that they feel seen and reminded of just how amazing and magical and just resplendent they are. Like that is literally a huge portion of my job. I'm not gonna say the whole job, but it's it's just a huge portion of my job because it's from that place that we can see possibility. That's from that place that we can access these next levels of leadership that we're actually craving, that peace, that presence to ourselves. Because it's hard to be present, you know, when you're so busy running around in other people's minds. So people who see you, your therapist, right? You know, if there are family members, Whoever the people are that know you, see you, love you, whether these are personal, private relationships, whether these are paid relationships, right? Folks you have paid to be on your team. And there might be people actually even on your team that you need to make sure that you are creating intentional touch points with that do, you know, meet this criteria, that do check this box for you. We have to continuously place ourselves in these sort of clean air environments so that we are breathing in (laughs) what matters most. So there's the people who see you. And then number two are the fundamental activities that honor you. What are the fundamental activities that honor you, the truth of you, the core of you? And I say fundamental for for very intentionally because we really discount the little things that we do that bring us back into ourselves, back us into our fundamental little primary selves, right? One of the exercises I love to do with folks is, and this is like, a, you see this in my podcast whenever I have guests on, because I really, I'm really curious about this part of folks, is to get people talking about their origins and specifically your like play origins, the things that have brought you joy since you were like a little kid, your favorite toy, your favorite place and wherever it is you grew up in, either in your neighborhood or in your, in your home or at somebody else's home, like wherever you found that like joy and peace, <laughs> because where there is joy, there is peace. You don't have joy without peace right? You have to carve out some space to be present to joy. And that's, I equate peace and presence. Like when we say peace, as I said at the top top of this episode, I think we're talking about presence. And so if you are not prioritizing this play, it might be the spiritual connection, right? If it's like, yeah, I know I find (laughs) the most peace when I'm with my church community, but I ain't been to church in like months and months and months and months, right? It might not be, let me spend more time trying to rewrite this presentation or get the deck or, you know, just this way or build up this X, Y, and Z skill or like take on, you know, like take on this course. It might be just like, baby, you need to go back to church. (laughs) That might just be it. You know what I mean? To get reminded of your center, of your core, of the fundamental aspects of who you are. Like I said, the fundamental activities that honor you. So this is about an honoring of you. So think of play. Think of, you know, activates that that creative, imaginative, free part of you. Think of your, you know, spiritual life. If that's something that you know, like that's an anchor for me. Think of that. Like, what am I not doing here, right? And there might be just like hobbies 
There might be things that you like to intellectually engage with or like stories that you love reading or like environments that you like being in. Do you need to go and like climb a tree? I don't know. But you, we have to prioritize these things. These are not optional, you know, nice to haves. These are core aspects of creating, again, that clean air experience around ourselves that reminds us of who we are. And I, I want to just kind of tie a bow on this by saying that clean air experience of being with the people that see you and prioritizing having those touch points. If you haven't been on the vacation with your best girlfriends that live all across the country, y'all have been meaning to get together to do like X, Y, and Z. Like I'm trying to pull together a sleepover right now <laughs> with some of my girlfriends who live across the country. Trying to make those things happen and really trying fervently, like actually putting the time in. If you have an assistant, it's like, I'm, I'm too busy to think through logistics. Do what must be done. Put your assistant on it. You know what I mean? Like do what must be done. Ask for the help, but make this a priority. If you haven't done those things to get yourself back into community with the people who really see you for who you are and can remind you, right, of that core part of who you are that you can be present to and find some peace with and stay connected with, that is incredibly important. And then these fundamental activities, again, this is about changing the atmosphere. If you know that you need to go in places that are, we talk about toxicity and work environments and things like that all the time. You have to go and detox. That's not like a temporary, like one hit kind of <laughs> situation where it's just like, mm, all right, I had brunch with my girls on Sunday and I went and played basketball because I used to love that as a child. And now I'm good. It's like, no, this is a continuous ongoing way of experiencing yourself, of setting yourself up to breathe in the clean air so that the, the dirty air <laughs> can pass on through, right? It's a continuous cycle. So this is not a touch point. We talk about lifestyle choice. This, this is a lifestyle. This is part of why I always say, I'm not going without coaching. I'm not going without it. I'm always going to have a coach. Point blank period. I'm always going to be a part of a mastermind, a group coaching program, have a private coach. One or all of the above at all times, because that is one of my core clean air experiences. That is how I access, come back into myself, get out of the minds of other people who may be, you know, I don't know, thinking who, whatever they might think about me, but me being even concerned with that, me being tied up in that, right? It's about me. What's going to keep me steeped in me? <laughs> that is how we find presence. That is how we find peace. It is not because you are managing your time poorly. That is not it. And many times we are managing our time poorly because of these things. Because our, our energy ain't right, our air ain't right. How are you going to make good decisions about your time when your brain is just all over the place being tied up in nonsense and toxicity? Right? So I hope that this message hit somebody today. Thank y'all for joining me. This kind of came together in my mind today as something that I was like, we need to... We need to kind of just flip the switch on this a little bit because there's such a simple act, like opportunity here to change how we are experiencing ourselves and our work and this distance that we're feeling from peace. You can get after it, but you've got to shift the lifestyle pieces around it, that clean air lifestyle that I've been talking about. That comes first. Okay, y'all. So again, thank you for listening and I will see you next time. Y'all, truly, thank you for listening to Ambition Without Compromise. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts so more women like you can discover us. 
I'd also love to engage with you more real time. If you're on social media, come follow me on Instagram at Monique R. Shields. Don't forget that R. You can also access my newsletter at MoniqueRShields.com forward slash newsletter to receive bi-weekly gems on the best and most impactful lessons I'm learning in my many roles in both life and as a coach to powerhouse women across the country. Again, that's MoniqueRShields.com forward slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.